Stu Does America. Get your Stu Does America merch for Christmas at StuDoesMerch.com. We've got anyone but Biden 24. we got Bidenomics Strikes Back. We've got Santifa Claus. All available. Use the code Stu10 for 10% off StuDoesMerch.com. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to the channel. Like all of our videos. Hit the bell for notifications. Uh, we really appreciate it when you do that. Helps the show out quite a bit. Jennifer Stefano is here to tell us who the most useless politician in Pennsylvania is. Liberal utopia, New York City, continues to crumble in on itself. I'll share the latest. But we start by doing Biden's birthday party. Yeah, everybody. Woo. I know you're excited, and I am as well. And congratulations to Joe. How many candles are on that? They had to put candles sticking out the side of the cake just to fit the amount of candles he needs. That's sad. That's sad. But he looks like a really happy guy. Hopefully he got a new Corvette to store some documents in, and that will uh, do really well. Um, you know, what can you get for a guy like Joe Biden, who's had so many birthdays? He's had, he has to have received every Christmas or birthday present ever available. I mean, like every single one he has to have already received. When you have hundreds of birthdays, eventually you get everything. So I don't know what you would get him, uh, but the poll results he wants, he's not getting uh, so far. Biden's birthday prompts a debate about age and wisdom of America's oldest president. This is from CNN, and uh, that's a... You ever want that headline from CNN? Officials at the White House and the campaign privately acknowledge it's an issue, and they work both to eliminate potential gaffes and project vigor. Uh, Biden was prescribed custom orthotics to help him with his feet this year. <laughs> this is we're talking not about your great grandfather who is in hospice and you're just trying to get him through the next few weeks. We're talking about the president of the United States. Just want to remind everybody of that. Uh, he got new orthotics to help with his feet this year. His annual physical de determined that he experienced a stiff gait. No, I hadn't noticed that. In recent months, when Biden flies on Air Force One, he has started using a smaller, shorter set of stairs more frequently to board and deplane. Too many stairs for the president. Now, look, this happens to everybody. Right. Like there's no knock on getting older. We all get older. We all have these problems. We all go through this. We just don't all do it while we're trying to lead the free world. And that's the problem here. It's not the fact that he's getting older. It's not the fact that he can't walk as well or he needs custom orthotics. Probably everybody would like custom orthotics at some point in their life. My guess is not everybody gets them because they're probably fairly expensive. But, you know, good for Joe. He's he's made lots of money through Ukraine and China. He can pay for them. My only concern here is that this guy's, I don't know, running the free world, uh, or at least it says he is. Um, this goes on to say, still, the age liability comes into sharper focus almost by the day. A spate of recent polling, including a new CNN poll, indicates it's a chronic issue with voters, and critics raise it every chance that they get. Now, this is, I bring this to your attention to remind you that not everyone is insane. And you might say, well, wait a minute, I've been watching the news over the past few years. Yes, it is true, everyone is completely insane. And that would not be a terrible summary of our past few years. But I want you to remember that behind the scenes, Democrats sound just like you. They all know the same things you know. You're saying it out loud. Independents are saying it out loud. A lot of Democratic voters are saying it out loud. The people who go on MSNBC, they don't say it out loud, at least not on camera. They say it off camera. 
out loud. Jonathan Martin's uh, report from last week that we spent some time on went into this, where there is now a massive gap in between what Democrats say publicly and what Democrats say privately over and over and over again. We saw this a little bit in the Trump era, right? Especially at the beginning when there was a lot of people on the Republican side who didn't really care for Trump very much, but would support him on TV. They'd go on TV, they'd say po- positive things about him, then they'd leak bad things to him, to the, uh, about him to the media because they didn't really like him. It's not exactly the same with Biden because I think they like him enough. They just don't actually believe he can do the job. They are like you. They see the same things you see. They know the truth, they are just in denial where you are telling the truth. That's the only separation here. This isn't one of those things that they're at home saying, actually, I think he's doing a good job. They don't think that. They don't think that. They know he's doing a bad job. They know he can't physically, he's not physically able to do this job at all. They're just telling you the opposite on TV because that's what they feel like they're supposed to say. They want to keep their future together. And there's not really a big win in going on TV and saying negative things about your candidate. They, so they're just not doing it. They're protecting themselves. But they know what you know. The uh, CNN story goes on. Biden already is the oldest president in history, ahead of Ronald Reagan, who is 77 at the end of his second term. If elected in 2024, Biden would be 86 at the end of his second term. I mean, Rosalind Carter died over the weekend. Um, She was 96. But I mean, it felt like she, you know, was old 30, 40 years ago in some ways. I mean, it seemed when she got out of office, she was uh, going into retirement. I mean, it felt like the end of the Reagan era. She was already kind of like an elder stateswoman. Uh, And now uh, she made it all the way to 96. Good for her. Um, But geez, uh, you know, Joe's going to be up there. Now, I should point out, that at the end of the Reagan presidency, he was constantly knocked for being out of it and doing too old. Genesis and Land of Confusion video made him seem so incoherent that he might just wake up in the middle of the night and look for the nurse button, but instead hit the nuke button and blow everybody up. That was the way he was treated. He was 77. He's four years younger than Joe Biden is today. And we should note Right now, running for president on the other side is a guy who is 77, the same age as Donald as Joe, uh, Ronald Reagan was at the end of his second term. We've just picked up this thing where we have this weird old person fetish right now. And I don't know, maybe there's a market for that. But honestly, I'm kind of past it. It's not to say that older people don't have something to offer. But, you know, it might be something where... Maybe an older person has an expertise in a certain area and they can consult with a president who can give them a little bit of that knowledge, a little bit of that um, uh, that little bit of that, I don't know, weathered past of being able to say, look, I've been through these battles. Here's what's going on. Don't be fooled by this. Don't be fooled by that. But that but they don't necessarily need to be um, the person in charge. That might be the answer here. And again, I've said this a million times, but it's not even really about the number. People don't really see Trump at 77 as having any problem dealing with this. I don't think people look at Alan Dershowitz and say, okay, Alan, uh, just, he's just off his rocker. He's 85, but he is mentally there. Joe Biden is not, and everybody knows it, including the people who are going to vote for Joe Biden. Uh, if you need it any more convincing, let me give you just a couple of clips from the past week. I, I asked our producers, find me a few clips of Joe Biden, you know, being Joe Biden over the past couple of weeks. Is it getting any worse? What's going on? And this is, is what they found. It did not take them very long. Here is uh, clip number one. Joe Biden seemingly picks his nose and kind of dangles the finger down with the booger still on it um, as he stands between world leaders, looks around, confusing 
confusingly and kind of doesn't know where he's supposed to stand. He's looking the wrong way while everyone's trying to take a picture. And finally glances back near the camera. They start taking the shots. He's still got his finger out from the booger still the hanging out. The President of the United States. They say his name. Well, it's your title, and then he just kind of just jogs away behind everyone. Everyone else is still standing there. Sorry and then, to keep you waiting. There you go. Gets to the mountain. So that's that was an adventure. Don't touch anything he touched right beforehand. Then you have um, another classic Biden moment. Watch. By the way, uh, you know, I won't. I guess I shouldn't identify where it occurred, but John, I know uh, two people near where I live. Their kids literally, as I said, uh, strange. They woke up dead. Someone had inserted in, whether the young man did or not, inserted in a, a drug he was taking, fentanyl. Mm. I mean, a very sad story, but most people don't wake up dead. That's, uh, that happens in um, zombie movies, um, but typically not uh, necessarily near where Joe Biden lives. And again, listen to his voice and his energy level. I mean, they used to make fun of poor Jeb Bush for being low energy. This guy, like, redefines the term. Uh, and here's uh, one more Joe Biden for you. The Chips and Science Act I signed last year. <laughs> Excuse me. I signed last year. Excuse me. <laughs> I signed last year. <laughs> did, did he sign it last year? I mean, was that clear from that clip? The poor man's about to keel over. And look, nobody, that doesn't make anybody happy. But it is reality. We have to deal with it. Unfortunately, we live in a country that has him in a central part of our leadership. The direction of our country has something to do with whether the president is able to do his job or not. And quite clearly, he cannot at this point. In fact, you know, depending on which poll you look at, somewhere between 26 and 56 percent of his own voters say he should not be running because he's too old. I mean, that is without parallel in American history. That just doesn't it doesn't happen. It's just not a thing in American history where people of the, their own voters are that convinced that eh, this guy probably can't do the job. But I'll probably vote for him if it comes down to it. Um, this all of this adds up to what? Well, I mean, I'd like to say it's happy birthday to Joe Biden, um, which it is. His birthday is 81st. But the present he's receiving is something very sad. Another edition of Biden's new low. Hey, Joe. New low, hey Joe. New low, hey Joe. New low, hey Joe. Please go. Yes, a new poll is out from NBC News. A poll: Biden's standing hits new lows amid Israel-Hamas war. Let's look at some of the details. President Joe Biden's approval rating has declined to the lowest level of his presidency, 40%. Now, some polls have had him lower than that, but this is the lowest in this particular poll. As strong majorities of all voters disapprove of his handling on foreign policy and the Israel-Hamas war, according to the latest national NBC News poll. It's important to understand that up until this point, Joe Biden has had really bad poll numbers. But the one thing that held up at least okay was his handling of foreign affairs. Now, you might say that's impossible. He's been horrible when it comes to foreign affairs. And I would agree with you. I mean, just Afghanistan in and of itself is really bad. And he's never pulled well on Afghanistan. But as far as Ukraine goes and as far as Israel goes, generally speaking, he's received moderately positive uh, reports, at least in comparison to every other issue he deals with, which has been you know, disastrous. I mean, the economy, 
um, you know, all the woke type issues, uh, the border, inflation, all these things have been disasters for Joe Biden. But his foreign affairs have just been normal bad, right? Like, you know, 50 percent, 45 percent support. That's not good. It's not something you hang your hat on, but at least you can leave it on the bottom of the resume. With the rest of his topics, it's even much, much, much worse. The poll finds Biden behind former President Donald Trump for the first time in a hypothetical general election matchup, though the deficit is well within the poll's margin of error for a contest that's still more than 11 months away. Now, again, we look at these polls all the time, and I tell you basics about them, and you get sick of me repeating myself, I'm sure. But, you know, you can't tell all that much about what's going to happen in 11 months from a poll today. Of course, we know there's lots of different things that might happen. They're trying to put one of the candidates in prison. That's going to probably affect the polls one way or, or another. We could have another war breakout. We could have a terrorist attack. We could have an economic collapse. All these things are in play. But what you do generally learn is what the picture of things are today. And I say generally for a reason, because you don't know specifics. A four-point difference just tells you basically... The race is too close. Maybe Trump has a slight edge, but the race is really close, too close for comfort for Democrats. They don't like that at all, and that's why they're considering trying to do something else. The erosion for Biden is most pronounced among young among Democrats, a majority of whom believe Israel has gone too far in its military action in Gaza. And among voters 18 to 34, a whopping 70 percent of them are disapproving of Biden's handling of the war. And like this is kind of a... Um, an unfair curse for Joe Biden here. The one issue that he's sort of kind of okay on is the one they hate him for the most. Not a huge surprise when you're talking about hardcore left-wing voters, particularly young ones, but the idea that uh, he, the big problem with his presidency is he's been too supportive to Israel is laughable in every way. Um, look, his, uh, his ratings continue to drop. Here's what that poll looks like, by the way. You saw that he was actually positive for, for a good three or four months at the beginning of his presidency. And he's been in the disapproval category ever since now, all the way up to uh, where it is today, only 40% approval, which is not a good number to run for re-election, uh, run for re-election on. Uh, Trump has held steady while Biden's support has dipped. And you see these last three polls, in July of 23, this is not that long ago, remember, we're only talking five, uh, four months ago, 49-45 tr- uh, Biden. Then in September of 23, it was tied at 46, and now it's basically reversed, 46-44 in favor of Donald Trump. Now, J- David Axelrod has been pretty critical of uh, Biden in a way. He's done it in that, like, look, he's done a wonderful job. And I don't know that anyone could have done a better job for these four years, but Maybe the next four should be anyone else. Now, that's not exactly a, a vote of confidence, but he is one of the few Democrats who will come out and admit what people are saying in private, which is basically like, well, at least partially. In private, they're not saying he's done a great job. What they're saying is he's done a, a, a somewhat bad job and the people don't like him. And also he's really old and they're not going to accept him no matter what he does. Axelrod says Biden has no better than a 50-50 shot at reelection. That may be true. It may be true. I mean, you know, I, I think because of his complete incompetence doing the job, a lot of people, especially on the right, tend to dismiss his chances of winning the election. I would not dismiss them. In fact, you know, really, when it comes down to it, the media is really focused on on Donald Trump. They don't want him to win the primary anymore. Uh, look, this is going to be a close race. A lot of people don't like Trump. This is just the truth of the matter. And at the end of the day, this is going to wind up tightening and it's going to be a very close race. Joe Biden absolutely has a chance to win, even in his current state. And that's a sad state of affairs in this country. But it is the truth. CNN also says uh, this is an exclusive. Harris says she and Biden have to earn 
our reelect. Now, they should have thought of that maybe at the beginning of their term instead of waiting for the last year. Because so far, they've done nothing to earn their reelect. They are absolutely terrible. A new poll came out the other day that had all these groups and individuals polled on their favorability ratings below. Uh, it was Trump was above uh, candidates below that, uh, above Biden. Below Trump was Biden by about a point. And well below that was Kamala Harris. The only two organizations that polled worse than Kamala Harris were Russia and Hamas. So if she goes up directly against Russia or Hamas, she may win the election. And that's that's wonderful for her. Um, it's fascinating to see this because you get a very odd thing that is happening. And it's really made out of desperation more than anything else. It's what the media has to do in a situation that it, like like it's in right now. If you're a, a, a worker for Joe Biden, you're trying to you're a strategist and you're trying to figure out what do we do? And you say, OK, our biggest problem. And this is saying something because you got a lot of bigger other big problems. But our biggest problem is everyone thinks Joe Biden's too old. He can't do this job. He's incoherent. OK, so what do we do with that? Well, there's three things you can do with it. Right. The first step and the easiest step to do is to disprove the narrative. Right. Just send Joe Biden out in front of cameras over and over again. Show that he's not incoherent all the time. Show that he's a good job. He does a good job. Um, put him out in front of cameras. Create situations where he can succeed. Right. You put him out maybe in a controlled environment, maybe with a recorded video that you don't release if it goes poorly. Do these type of things to try to put him in a situation where he can succeed and therefore over time cut at that image of negativity. Show that he is coherent. Well, they can't do that because there are no situations where Joe Biden can succeed. succeed. He's a complete failure at this stuff and he is overwhelmed in just the day-to-day actions of walking from his bedroom to the kitchen. Like that type of stuff is really challenging for him. You can't, you can't actually disprove it because the problem is it's true. So you go to plan B, which they've already attempted, which is start leaking to the press over and over and over and over again, that behind the scenes, this guy is a, a maestro. This guy is on top of everything. When you don't see him, he's incredible. It's so unfortunate that when you do see him, he occasionally has a misstep or two, but in reality, The truth is, when it really matters, when all the chips are on the table, when you're not there and there are no cameras there and it's only us, his loyal aides are there to witness it, he's so incredible, you almost can't imagine it. Now, that's laughable, obviously, as a defense, and you'd think any self-respecting media organization would reject it. Instead, what they've done is repeat it over and over and over again and act like it's real, act like the news is real. And of course, I did say self-respecting media organizations, so none of them qualify for that. Um, How could you respect yourself when you do the things that they do? So uh, that one they've tried and have not been able to move the needle. Now they're on to step three, which is like to say, okay, Let's acknowledge this is a, a negative. We're never going to over, overturn that negative. So we have to do something to push back and undermine the other side. And that is, of course, say that Donald Trump is too old, too. He's having his own set of problems. Haven't you noticed? And, it, and Jonathan Carl has a book coming out where this is a, a theme where maybe Donald Trump is also having his missteps. Maybe he's doing maybe he's lost it a little bit, too. They're trying to push that narrative. And you see uh, this from The Atlantic as well. Has anyone noticed that Trump is really old. He's younger than Biden, but not by much. And this is a long takedown of how actually incoherent. You haven't noticed it as much. I don't know why. Maybe Trump gets too favorable of media coverage. Maybe that's the answer. But for whatever reason, you haven't noticed that Donald Trump is actually completely incoherent, just like Joe Biden. And if you're making your decision based on incoherence, 
Well, come on, you got to vote for our guy. You don't want the guy that's going to tweet mean while he's incoherent. And all of this adds up to a really bad story. If you happen to be Joe Biden, you, there's nowhere really for you to go. What do you do? I mean, I, I feel at some level for the aides that are trying to put together some sort of coherent co campaign to make him sound like he's a reasonable choice for this job when everyone knows that he isn't. So what do you do? How do you go down this road? I guess you just try to undermine the other guy and, and yell about January 6th and yell about mean tweets and yell about uh, all these trials and all these things that are going on. You can try to highlight the negatives of the other side. And that is essentially their only approach here. What they are thinking is if Donald Trump runs, we can say, hey, don't you hate Donald Trump? Hey, don't you hate Donald Trump? And keep that on repeat for a few months. And eventually people will be reminded they didn't really like Donald Trump. He wasn't particularly a popular president, even if he is doing much, much, uh, he did, did do much, much better than Joe Biden is today. But if you think about this, what does the Biden campaign actually boil down to? At this point, all they're doing is saying, well, I don't know, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe the other guy, maybe the other guy is, uh, maybe he has a little, a little bit of dementia too. You know, maybe he's a little incoherent too. Maybe he can't do the job. Maybe he's slipping too. I mean, if, and you know, look, if we're both slipping, you might as well vote for us. That is not exactly the most endearing campaign tactic, but it is really all they are left with right now. And the thing is, no matter what they say on TV, they know it. Let me tell you about Undertack. Undertack isn't your typical men's boxers. They're made with modal. Think of it like cotton, but better. It's 50% more moisture wicking, antibacterial, and it's way, way softer. Undertack stays in place with a sturdy yet comfortable extra wide waistband and has brilliantly straightforward fly design. You're going to love that. Undertack is durable. It's ultra light. It's fade resistant and it's shrink resistant. And they're 25% less expensive and come with twice the satisfaction guarantee of some of the other guys. So if that wasn't enough, they also donate a portion of their profits to organizations actively fighting against human trafficking. Pick up a drawer full of these things today. You're going to love them. Undertack.com. Use the code STU20. You'll get 20% off site-wide. Great, great Christmas gift for, I don't know, if you got a husband uh, in your life. I don't know. I don't, I'm not uh, man or woman. If you have a husband and you notice his underwear drawer is filled with, like, stuff he used to own in college, this is a good thing for a present. Exceptional comfort. Twice the guarantee at a fraction of the price. The promo code is STU20 for 20% off site-wide at undertack.com. U-N-D-E-R-T-A-C, undertack.com. You know, often when we talk about uh, Joe Biden and uh, the weakness that he might have going into the campaign, a lot of people will bring up uh, the pretty valid point. Who's on their bench? What is it? You're going to go to Kamala Harris? You're going to go to Gavin Newsom? I mean, this can't possibly be uh, your option. And in smart Democratic circles, the name often brought up as a guy down the road and maybe even for uh, this time is Josh Shapiro. He's the governor of Pennsylvania. But who is this guy? Has he actually done a good job? Is he actually the wonderkind he's supposed to be? I want to bring in Jennifer Stefano. She's the executive vice president of the Commonwealth Foundation and a columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Jennifer, thanks so much for coming on the program. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, Josh Shapiro, I think, is kind of new in, in national uh, political circles. You've been watching him very closely in Pennsylvania. Have you been impressed so far? 
So I think he is brand new to the national scene in many ways. He made a couple of appearances during COVID when he was the attorney general of Pennsylvania, but now he's the governor and he's what I call auditioning for president of the United States, whether in 2024 or some other time. But um, my organization, the Commonwealth Foundation, we did a extensive study of governors in Pennsylvania dating back to 1975 and how much legislation they got through. Josh Shapiro is the least productive governor in 50 years. That is based on the data, that is the fact. Worse, he had to veto his own priority to give poor kids in Pennsylvania um, educational savings accounts. What could be more important than helping poverty-stricken children get out of violent failing schools across Pennsylvania. So no, I think he's been unproductive. I think he is unclear of how to operate or execute. And I think he is not doing anything that makes him worthy to be on the national stage. So Jennifer, why did he veto his own priority? Because if I remember right, he, he did sort of run as this maybe more moderate option as a Democrat right. and someone who did support school choice, something that is wildly popular around the country and has just really started gaining traction over the past couple of years, really since COVID. Why, why did he turn his back on his own voters when, and vetoed his own priority? Well, I think you're right that Governor Shapiro ran as though he were going to be an advocate for not just for school choice, but specifically for something called lifeline scholarships, which here in PA is just another word for educational savings account. It's very simple. The money follows the child. And if the governor had agreed to the initial bill my organization put out, 250,000 poor children would have been saved. And the reason he doesn't do it is the same reason the Democrats are falling apart. The Democratic Party doesn't have a Biden problem. It doesn't have a Josh Shapiro problem in Pennsylvania. It has a radical left-wing problem. The radical left has seized hold of the Republican Party. Now, prior to the murder of 1,400 Jews in Israel, you could have explained the radical left as a lot of things, woke, um, you know, the diversity, equity, inclusion. Today, if you want to identify those people, they're cheering the murder of our Jewish brothers and sisters. They're calling for an end to Israel, which if you look at Hamas, the terrorist group that did the attacks to the Jews, in their charter, they call for not just the end of Israel, but every Jewish person living in Israel to be murdered, to be gone to be annihilated. That's the new Democratic Party. And while Biden as president is supporting Israel, that whole wing of the party from the applauding Hamas all the way down to woke and, and DEI, they are all looking to do one thing and that is to undermine and destroy Western civilization as we know it. So that's the problem. That is what's happening. And for Josh Shapiro, he's not only got that, He's just ineffective. The, the, the left wing of his party upended him on school choice and the wealthy white progressives with good public schools don't want it, won't allow it. And they end and run around the governor, Shapiro, mm. who we all thought was a real political savant. Mm. Here's he's not. It's amazing. And, and you know, you, uh, how is this play with Pennsylvania? I mean, Pennsylvania is not New York. This is not California. It's not Illinois. Right. Like this is a purplish state, a state that could kind of go either way. It's why it kind of in a way it looked like Shapiro might be a strong national candidate. Right. He came in here with an understanding of not running as a far left wing crazy person. But yet when he's been in office, he's seemingly gone that direction, at least a little bit. So how, how does this play to the voters of Pennsylvania? 
Well, I think it's going to become increasingly frustrating. He came in, Governor Shapiro came in with an enormous amount of goodwill, but very few in a Commonwealth Foundation poll that we did, very few voters or citizens could identify any of his achievements. That's because so far there's been one. Uh, a bridge collapsed on I-95. He got it fixed in 12 days. That was a great job. But you know he can't be looking for bridges to fall down to be applauded as a governor. And I think Pennsylvania is so important. And you made this great point. We are not New York. We are not California. We are not Illinois, meaning we're not so far left. We're not so deep blue that it doesn't matter. Pennsylvania is the largest swing state in play for the presidency, period, full stop. The path to the White House runs through Pennsylvania. What happens in the state legislature, what the governor does, what doesn't doesn't win, helps to inform national candidates of what Peoria thinks. It's no longer what plays in Peoria, it's what plays in Pennsylvania. And what the people of Pennsylvania think and tolerate can get done and, and will adopt you. That's why my organization that focuses on issues, the Commonwealth Foundation, we really want these issues to be talked about by the governor. We work hard for Democrats to accept them. I think Democrats are going to have an enormous problem being this far left going into the election. Hmm. Uh, and just to go back to the bridge thing for a second, I, you know, I used to live in Bucks County. I, I went through that area often. It is a it was a big deal like that. Their bridge not being on I-95 was a massive deal and it was fixed in 12 days. But watching that happen, just it was sort of the same thing that happened recently in San Francisco, where they cleaned up the streets for all these international leaders to show up. And everyone was like, well, why don't you just clean up the streets on other days when we all live here? And the same thing crossed my mind with a bridge collapse and that like I, every place I went when I lived in Pennsylvania was constant road construction and it went on forever and ever and ever and ever. Doesn't it seem like maybe that could have gone a lot better? All these other projects, why don't just we just apply that same get to it attitude to every other project that's got ongoing. You make a brilliant point. And <laughs> since you lived in Pennsylvania, you are very, very correct on exactly <laughs> what life is like. And I love you made this point. I actually meant, wrote this in one of my Philadelphia Inquirer columns that if Josh Shapiro is going to lift up regulations and jump, remove government hurdles to fix the I-95 bridge, do it for everybody else <laughs> and don't stop at the roadways. You know, do it for telemedicine. Pennsylvania will not pass a bill that ensures people can do telemed with doctors out of state. Do it for the ta complicated taxes that come through on businesses in Pennsylvania. Do it on regulations across the board that aren't involved with health and safety. Just get rid of them permanently. And this is what we argued during COVID. We're lifting left and right all these regulations to be able to people to get certain medical things through. Now we want to layer them all back in. No, no, that's not appropriate. If a governor can remove those regulations and health and safety is still taken care of and the bridge get, get done in 12 days, go do it everywhere the government's involved, mm. on businesses, on the environment, in healthcare, and yes, on building bridges, tunnels, and roadways. Mm. Um, Jennifer, can we spend one more minute on school choice in Pennsylvania? Is there any hope that either education savings accounts or some other version of this gets through? Is it just dead on arrival now? Or what's the state of school choice and related programs in Pennsylvania? People should feel bullish about the future of not just 
educational savings accounts, but also massive increases to our tax credit scholarship program. Sadly, we have a wait list of upwards of 76,000 student applicants Mm. waiting to get into a school and get out of the violent ones. But I believe most of the Democrats know this. We're very proud to walk uh, the Commonwealth Foundation to work across the aisle with Republicans and Democrats. I think there are a lot lot of good people who are Democrats. I think particularly the black Democrats, particularly those in Philadelphia and many Hispanic Democrats recognize and understand that it's their children primarily who are forced to go to failing and violent schools. It is their children that aren't being educated. It's not right, it's not fair, it's not moral. We do not wanna defund or harm public schools, but parents should have a choice and children should have a chance. So if a parent wants to send a kid to one of these public schools, no one should intervene. But if a parent says, I want a better option, the money should be in an account for that child and that money should file the child. And I believe Democrats know this. I am, I'm always cautiously optimistic, but I lean bull, I lean bullish, how about that? Mm. I lean towards the bull, not the bear, on on where this is, because I believe that the Democrats know and understand it. It's the white progressives in the Democratic Party in Pennsylvania, namely um, this, uh, Matt Bradford, the majority leader, who has undermined Governor Shapiro, willing to break ranks with him, all because white progressives don't like, they like to put up Black Lives Matter signs. It's just they don't want to help black lives when it does matter by giving them an educational savings account. Yeah, it really is amazing. I, I want to switch gears with you one for this last one. Uh, your, your latest column came out, and it was about the Israel situation you talked about a little bit earlier. Um, you know, I, in my worst moments, I just think the whole world has gone insane. By the way, a lot of people have reacted to what's gone on in Israel. Um, and then there's a part of me that thinks, well, maybe they don't really understand the scope of it. Maybe they're shielded from it. The media is not telling them the truth. You went and actually saw some of the footage uh, that has gone on. We've seen you know, reports of people getting screenings of this really terrible uh, footage of what actually happened of, with Hamas. Can you describe this and, and, and how, did it, how did it change you? So I did watch the video Hamas filmed while they were murdering those 1400 Jewish men, women, yes, and children and babies. Um, Hamas themselves filmed it, they filmed it from a a GoPro camera that was confirmed to me by um, the Israeli Defense Forces. I communicated directly with the spokesman um, of IDF. Um, They confirmed that the video was real. They took some footage from all of the um, cameras of the Hamas terrorists who were doing the murders. And what I can say is the most thing I remember the most is how much blood there was how vibrantly red and everywhere it was. I remember the two baby, I, I, there were two babies and one of them was dead and they were putting a metal poker through his eye. And I'm sorry if that's very graphic, oh but God. I would encourage anyone to go find a way to get invited to a, the screening. Um, the IDF spokesperson told me he will, they will not be releasing it to the world on any platforms, simply out of respect to the victims. I couldn't disagree, but they're doing private screenings And I think people should seek them out and try to see it because we have to bear witness. Honestly, I was raised to protect and defend Jewish people. My parents were were Roman Catholics, but when they taught me about the Holocaust, never again. We do not accept the murder and slaughter of Jewish people, whether it's because of their religion, their race, or where they live, their statehood, under no 
circumstance for any reason. Are we slaughtering Jewish people or any group? So it truly shocked me how many people applaud this yeah. or think this was good, morally reprehensible. And maybe I hope you're right. Maybe people are just misinformed. And hopefully my column and your show are bringing some light to a very dark place. I hope so. I, you know, it's, it's tough. There's days where I, I doubt that we're ever going to see the truth, but hopefully this is at least part of it. And I appreciated your column quite a bit. Uh, Jennifer Stefano, she's the executive vice president of the Commonwealth Foundation and a columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Make sure to go check her stuff out. Thank you so much, Jennifer. I appreciate you doing this. Thanks. I think you're doing a magnificent job being a light and speaking truth. So thank you. Thank Thanks you, for having me on. Appreciate it. Well, New York has a new uh, requirement, New York City, um, for some restaurants, not all restaurants, obviously, because that would be crazy if to apply a law uh, to everyone. But this is just going to be chain restaurants. Uh, if you have a chain restaurant and you have 15 or more locations overall, you're going to have to give some sort of label or warning to tell people about added sugars in their food. Now, a lot of people might know that there are sugar added in their brownie sundae, but apparently um, maybe some people don't. So they need to know uh, this, and this is going to go into effect, I guess, coming up uh, pretty soon. It was, uh, it was signed into law Friday by Mayor Eric Adams, and it's for food or drinks if they exceed the FDA's recommended amount of sugar. Now, there's two ways to look at this. And, and the, I remember Pat Gray going over this when they did the calorie thing, because we were in New York City at the time where they added the calories to the menu. And like, look, it doesn't prevent you from ordering something that's high calorie. It's supposed to give you a warning to tell you not to order that thing. The same thing with the sugar requirement. But what Pat always said is it, I actually like it, not the law, but the idea that the calorie number is on the menu, because that's how I know what tastes the best. If the calorie number is high, it's almost like a rating. It's like five stars. Over 1,000 calories, it's a five-star dish. 200 calories, that's going to taste like trash. So this, maybe the same thing happens. Now, of course, it's added sugars. So if you are drinking fruit juice and it has tons and tons of sugar in it, but it's not added, you won't get that warning. It's only added sugars because added sugars are worse than natural sugars, which even though they're the exact same chemical makeup, which is a, a wonderful, wonderful uh, thing. Again, just another layer of nonstop bureaucracy, uh, really for no reason, because what person is going to look at that and be like, you know, I don't need that. That's too much sugar. That's too much sugar for me. I just don't think that's going to happen. And even if it was, of course, it's none of New York's business. New York, of course, uh, living up to their reputation as one of the least free states. This is from the Cato Institute Freedom in the 50 States report. Uh, the state maintained higher rankings under uh, personal freedoms and ranking ninth in incarceration and 16 under cannabis regulations, 20th under marriage freedom. Again, this is a libertarian organization saying this, so some of those things you might not like, but that's their take on it. Other personal freedoms such as gun rights was 42nd, tobacco was 49th, and they have been right at the least free for a very long time. No surprise uh, there. Now, I will say they have gambling in, um, in New York. They do not have it in Texas, which is a much more free state overall. But for whatever reason, I can't blow my money on, on gambling here in Texas. Um, and I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's starting to spread around the country. And one of the background issues here when it comes to sports gaming in particular is you have to have accurate information that you're betting on or you can put your money at risk for something that is uh, like that's not accurate, right? It's just like a company that you're 
basically betting on in the legalized gaming market of stock trading if they don't give you a, an appropriate earnings report. Like, they can get in trouble. You can go to prison for that. Well, uh, Dave Portnoy is looking to sue uh, the NFL and against the Bengals in particular because they did not disclose that Joe Burrow, their quarterback, had an injury leading into the game. Now, that's supposed to be on every injury report when you have an injury leading into the game because, you know, for a bunch of different reasons, but partially now at this point, it's because of gambling reasons, right? You want to know if the quarterback has a thumb injury on his throwing hand, well, you kind of need to know that if you're going to place a bet. They did not disclose that. Joe Burrow wound up getting hurt a little bit worse during the game and is now out for the season. He bet $120,000 on the game. He said, quote, there is no shot I put 100 k hard-earned dollars on the Bengals if I know Joe Burrow was injured going into the game. Very unfortunate. By the way, we do have NFL action tonight. Chiefs and Eagles. So you'll know if you don't want to watch the game, you'll know uh, what happened if you just come back here tomorrow. And I will be either very happy or very, very sad. Go Birds. realestateagentsitrust.com, the place to go to find the best real estate agent in your area. Whether you're buying or selling a home, no matter where you are in the country, you got to get the best agent in your area. You don't, do you want, I'm going to take the sixth best. Why would you want that? You want the best agent in your area. You want the agent with the best results, the person you can trust the most. And that's why real estate agents I trust exists. After experiencing uh, some of the nightmares of real estate, Glenn started this company years ago. And now realestateagentsitrust.com is a leader in this area. They're recommending the best agents across the country that can relate to you and help you get through your biggest financial transaction in the best way possible. The name kind of says it all. It's realestateagentsitrust.com, a free service to you. Why not check it out? Realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. Looking for something great to watch over the holiday break? The Blind, the true story of the Robertson family, is now available for purchase on Blaze TV. The Blind takes you on an incredible journey through the life of Phil Robertson. If you know anything about that story, you know it's an insane story. The Blind isn't a Blaze media production, so we can't include it, unfortunately, as part of your Blaze TV Plus subscription. We don't own it, but we'd much rather have you own it and purchase it through us rather than Apple or Amazon. So you can buy it today at blazetv.com slash theblind. It's $19.99. It's blazetv.com slash theblind. Check it out now, blazetv.com slash theblind. Okay, so here's what happened. We talked earlier on the program about the maybe the, some of the failings of the American education system these days. And look, at some level, this is almost understandable um, for a child, but this is an adult. An adult went on TikTok and said, hey, you know, um, everybody knows that Alaska is cold. And that's true, right? Didn't get that wrong. But did I know that it was connected by land? No, I did not know that. The woman was furious that she was never taught that Alaska was not an island. Why? Well, in a map of America, apparently, like when they're just showing American territories, they take out Canada and kind of just plop it up there. So it looks like it's an island, uh, you know, like Hawaii looks like an island. But I would argue that like that might make sense to an eight year old. You just think over the next couple decades, at some point you do discover that you could drive to Alaska in theory through Canada. Um, apparently not. Eight hundred and nineteen thousand views. I, I, maybe we should just be at this point proud she didn't endorse the writings of Osama bin Laden. So at least we got that going on for us.